What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jacobs, as always, here on the Bucks Leading Radio, uh, here with episode 41. And I'm excited to bring this one to you solo. Uh, due to some scheduling issues, uh, wasn't able to get the planned guest on and uh, couldn't find a fill in on short notice, which is not a big deal. So it'll just be me in your ears whenever you're listening to this. Um, so this is coming off a four game road trip on the West Coast, which really screwed with my sleep cycle. I don't know about everybody else out there listening, but man, it was tough. That Warriors game was a, was a late one for sure, and we will dive into that here in a minute. Um, so to, uh, this episode's going to be a nice little uh, recap of those four games. Going to group it. I'm going to want to go through the two losses first, get the bad news out of the way, and kind of cover the wins there. And then let's take a look at the schedule up ahead. So um, let's just dive right in. Uh, Bucks versus Trailblazers was the first stop on our trip out west, and it was definitely disappointing. You know, this was a game I thought that was I knew it was going to be tough uh, with their. Portland's guard set, you know, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, both high-volume scorers, both, you know, Damian's for sure, and all-star C.J.'s up there too, and, you know, you look at that, and you're like, okay, but, you know, we're deeper, we're kind of, you know, we're playing on, on uh, really at a really high level right now, had just come off that big win against the Kings, and, you know, this game started out a little shaky, uh, you know, down six going into the half, and then just came out of it. It just it just slipped a little stiff. Didn't wasn't playing well. Nothing. Things weren't dropping. You know, thirty eight percent from three pointer. Lopez six for ten, which you know still still nice to get him to those six. And Middleton four for ten. Bledsoe one for seven. Two for twelve from the field. Brogdon two for two for eight from the field. So I think you know there's a couple things that went wrong that obviously we know about. Um, but you have to look at it from the other end too and think that. Portland was just hitting shots. You know, C.J. McCollum dropped 40 points on us. He shook Dante to his core all the way to the ground. Uh, Tough to watch, by the way, for all of us fans out there kind of talking up Dante a little bit. You know, but that's that's what's going to happen to a rookie. He's had tough assignments all year between Kyrie, Kemba, C.J., Steph after this game. So, you know, I think, like, that it's just a learning experience, you know. He went to the ground, so have a lot of people, but... You know, he played 23 minutes that game, two for six from the field, two for five from three-pointer. Yeah, kind of a, a disappointing night overall, and honestly not a great way to start this road trip. Now, you know, my personal view on it was it was a little bit more shakier because I was like, oh, wow, like, you're out west. You lose the first game, which you were kind of, and this is all my point of view here, you know, you're kind of hoping that this is going to be the kind of the first win. All right, you're like halfway to get into that 500 level of what you wanted to come out of this road trip as, or at least, you know, what I felt was a good spot to come out as. And then to lose the first one against a high caliber team, but not necessarily the highest out there, was um, a little worrisome for me. Because next night you were in Oakland against the number one team in the West, the Golden State Warriors. And uh, obviously, we got the dub out there, and I'll dive into that game here in a little bit. But let's let's talk about this loss to the Clippers here too, because I think you saw similar things in both of these games, and I think it's good that we had these losses. I think it allows us to kind of learn from them and not just think we're hot shit when we can be beaten, and it, we're gonna get beaten when some people, whether whatever team it might be, is someone on that team is gonna be shooting lights out and. You know, you had 
Harrell, Montrezl Harrell, go 9 for 12, you know, 26 points, 8 for 11 from free throws. Um, you know, L.A. went 41.2% from three-pointer. Obviously, this game went into OT, so we did fight back a lot. You know, we didn't want to lose this game in L.A. Haven't had luck out there recently, in recent years. Lou Williams crushing our hearts with that last little floater there. It was tough to watch, but, you know, if you, you look at you look at this box score and, and and you think, man, we're on a we're in the third game on a road trip. You got your star player for playing forty one minutes. Did we really need to go to OT? I don't know, but I mean, look at this again: thirty four percent from three pointer. This is supposed to be a high volume, high scoring three point offense, and you didn't see a lot of that. Um, but you had guys play pretty well. Pat Connaughton plus twenty three. Um, Lopez plus 10 again six three-pointers shot 50% from three-point eight that's what you want out of him and then there's just guys like uh, Brogdon and Bledsoe kind of had shaky games again I think Bledsoe's all Bledsoe's Bledsoe's such a hit and miss guy that you know it's tough to really judge him on any one single game uh, you know uh, it was just a, it was a tough loss like this game just didn't go well it, it and obviously, I'm going to say this now, in my previous episode, I did mistakenly think that DeAndre Jordan was still in the Clippers. It's just habit. But uh, Marcin Gortat is their starting center, obviously. So, you know, I think when you look at this game, you got to take something away from it. Take away the high play of Pat Connaughton. You know, he's been a solid role player for us. Lopez was hot, stayed hot into the game at Denver. Um, you know, the as a team, you mentally were never out of it. You fought back. You tried to come back. You tried to take that win in that fourth quarter to get it to OT. Um, obviously, and you end up losing that. But again, that's another learning experience for this group of people. You know, it, it, ten, ten and three is not a bad place to be. Even nine and three at the time when this loss happened is it's it's still a solid place to be. You're still number two in the East and. When you look at this, you got to take those losses and really learn from them. And I think that's what we're starting to do because every single time we've lost a game, we've came back with a win. And the one in Oakland was a statement win. It was a big win, which I'll get to here in just a second. You know, the one after Boston was big just to show that, you know, we're not going to kind of fall. We're not going to trip and fall, trip and stumble, say, oh, hey, okay, won't do that again. We'll learn from it. Got better. And that's what we've been doing every time. The fact of the matter is, and this is just staying on the Bucks' three losses here, is that even when we've lost these games, we never really were out of them. You know, I never felt like, oh, this is a blowout or, oh, we're for sure going to lose this game like I have in past years watching a Bucks team. But I, I feel like we've also been playing so poorly that I'm amazed we're still in these games. So it's like this conflicting feeling of, well, we're not out of it yet, but why? <laughs> we're playing so bad. And and that's just both offensively and defensively. I mean, gosh darn, sometimes in these these losses you're just like, what are we doing out there? What what are they thinking? You know, this can't be what they're supposed to be doing. So I don't know, I think those are my two cents on the losses. You knew we were going to lose at least one game on this road trip. I'm surprised that we lost these two games specifically. I thought these were kind of the two more in our favor and two that we felt we should win, I felt. Um, but what can you do? I mean, we beat two better teams, really. Um, and let's 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 use that as a transition and, and dive right in here. 
Bucks versus Warriors at Oakland. You come out with that dub, a 23-point margin? Jeez. Uh, this was a game that was awesome for us. You know, it was a statement win against the defending NBA champions in Oakland, and you only had to run Giannis 26 minutes, Middleton 29, Lopez 22. You know, those are three key players to this offense that got to sit relatively per their usual game minutes before a back-to-back in Denver. So, I mean, I think you look at that and you think, okay, wow, Bucks won by 23 and Giannis only played 26 minutes? Hmm, surprising. But, you know, you look down at the rest of this, you, you had guys showing up everywhere. Ursan, 23 minutes, plus 28. You know, Bledsoe, plus 30. He was 10 for 12 from the field, scored 26 points, led the team. Uh, Pat Connaughton again showing up, 21 minutes, 7 for 11 from the field, plus 9, and 15 points. I mean, that's what you're looking for from these guys. And then you had your normals. You came mid with 17 points. Giannis got his casual 24, 10 for 11 from free throw. Uh, you know, and, and those are just big things that you want to see happen. I have a couple bones to pick with people out here talking about this game, however, because I don't think that you can use the excuse of, oh, Draymond was not in the game. Oh, Steph got hurt in the third quarter. Oh, okay, well, are you telling me that if Steph plays the whole game and Draymond plays, that erases a 23-point deficit? I don't know if I believe that. Not when you had so much more to give with your two key role or key players in Giannis and Kmid. I mean, Steph Curry was 0 for 4 from three pointer at that point. Minus 26. Clay Thompson went 2 for 2, 9 for 15. Minus 28, just due probably to bad defense, but solid offensive presence from Clay. Kevin Durant, 6 for 15, 1 for 2 from three pointer, dropped 17 points. You know, you look at this, and it, Andre Iguodala had a decent game while he was out there. 16 minutes, he was 2 for 3 from the field, all were three-pointers. And, you know, you look at that, and you think, okay. But they got into foul trouble early. They looked like they didn't – our defense kind of held it to what it wanted. They closed out, got him in those mid-range jump shots, and and they, they – the, the Bucks just did what they were supposed to do, and the Warriors didn't really – I think my biggest thing is that, okay, fine, if you want to say that this is an asterisk win because Draymond didn't play, then I'm calling it an asterisk loss for the Warriors because the Bucks only shot 25% from three-pointer. This is a team averaging close to 40% from three-pointer throughout the season. You're telling me we, you can't tell me that if, if we're not playing on all cylinders that we don't run away with this game, even if they have Draymond and Steph on the court for that entire game. Now, DeMarcus Cousins out there, I don't know if that makes them worse or better yet. We haven't seen it. I don't know how they're going to gel. Um, you know, I would be remiss uh, recording this Tuesday, November 13th evening without discussing the drama happening right now with the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant and Draymond Green getting into it. Draymond calling KD a bitch. I don't know why. I don't really care why. I find it entertaining because it's supposed to be this so-called super team of the NBA and the team that is going to win it all once again, maybe their last run together, their last hurrah, not because of the drama, just due to contracts. People want to get paid, tired of taking pay cuts for championships when they got enough of them. I think you're starting to see the implosion of this team where you have a lot of people with big egos giving up on playing with each other or getting PO'd at each other. Now, granted, 
we're 13, 14 games into this season. Warriors obviously don't care too much about, you know, the regular season, where they finish. They know what they're good at. They know they've been there before. They know this is a marathon, not a sprint. But still, things happening this early that poorly aren't great. They're not obviously detrimental, and they're not going to ruin the chances of the Warriors. But I still think it's funny. And I still believe, and because Derek's not here, I'm going to have to be both the optimistic and the realistic one here. But I believe... And I said this, I was the guest on the 132 Breeze podcast. Check them out uh, if you have some time. Great couple sports, uh, great couple of guys doing some good sports podcasting uh, about Chicago, about Madison, Milwaukee, and Wisconsin sports. Um, it was a lot of fun, really enjoyed the conversation. But, you know, talking about Bucks and, and, and the way this season could go, the realistic aspect is that it's going to be tough to get out of the East. There are two potentially four or three very good teams outside of the Bucks in Toronto, Philly, and Boston. No denying their talent, no denying how good they are. I think that the Bucks have a chance to get through them. I think they do. I think their talent matches up head-for-head head against any of them. Obviously, it's kind of an any given Sunday. Who knows who's going to show up, and we'll see what happens when we get to 82 games and beyond. But here's what I am saying. And you all of you can hate me out there for it if you want. Please let me know actually what you do think. I would love to debate this with you. But I believe that if, and this is a big if, but if the Bucks make it out of the Eastern Conference, they beat Boston, which is who I expected will be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're facing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, I believe that we are NBA champions. I believe that the Milwaukee Bucks can beat Golden State in a seven-game series. Not proven because we beat them this year, by 20 points. I'm not trying to use this as my platform for saying this. I'm saying this because you have got a team that has consistently, year over year, beaten the Warriors, given them a run for their money, quote-unquote, every single year. And all the previous years, we were coached by one of the one and only Jason Kidd. So we got in there with a good coach, kind of playing uh, to the to the, the talent and to what you would expect them to be playing to. And we, you know, we beat them, crushed them, really, from a, a Warriors, from the Warriors' perspective. So I think that due to our matchup problem so much with the Golden State Warriors, which maybe potentially DeMarcus Cousins can fix, depending on when he's back on the court, how everybody's playing together, but I think you look at this Warriors team, they're thin, bench is bad and it doesn't go far I will tell you that ours is deeper than it was in previous years playing better than it has been in previous years and I think offers more trouble for teams than in previous years so as I said that's my bold prediction for the year probably but if if we get out of the east I think we're NBA champions I think the challenge the higher challenge and um, the teams that I think offer the Bucks the biggest challenge are all in the East right now. Um, and that's obviously assuming that Golden State comes out of the West, but it's a fair assumption as it is. So I think that's all I really have to say on this Golden State Warriors game. Um, like I said, it was a late one. Uh, tough for us here in Milwaukee. I can't imagine for you overseas, maybe you guys caught it on a replay. Um, but for you on the, on the West, glad you guys got to see our, our team roll through there. And uh, it was a fun time out in Oakland, I'll tell you that for us. Well, let's go into to Sunday night here. Bucks making their way to the Mile High City, Denver. 
lost the past eight years in a row there. It's a tough venue to play in. That's all anybody could talk about during the during the game cast, and we got it. I get it. it the air's thin. I, I understand how that works. Thank you for explaining it 40 million times, you know, but whatever. You got to have a storyline when you go somewhere, so I get it. Denver always gives us a run for our money. You know, they have one of the best centers in the game, and Nikola Jokic. Um, Paul Millsap was out there giving us problems. But a couple of guys kind of surprisingly coming into their own a little bit on this Nuggets team. Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Uh, Hernan Gomez played pretty well um, while he was out there. But I think, you know, that they're, 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 uh, they were a dark horse anyway coming out this season. But, you know, now they're kind of seen as a strong team and a hard team to beat. Uh, and hey, we did it. But not only did we do it, we did it where we like, we did it in a comeback fashion is the way I think I should best describe that. This game wasn't in the bag at all. You know, you you watched this game and I was worried that we were going to lose. I was worried because of history, really. Any Bucks team in previous in years would have thrown this one away, really. You know, when. Denver made that comeback, and you know you're almost you were starting to lose in the fourth quarter. You're like, oh shit, like this is it, this is it. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, this is it, like th- this is when we're gonna lose it on a back to back. This is when kind of the wheels start to fall off of the season because you know, for me, a pessimistic Bucks fan as I always will be, you know, you're like, oh, it can't, it can't ever be this good, right? It can only get worse from here. But I think that you know, as a team. And I'm not even going to put this on Coach Bud. I think this is, at some point, also the leaders on the court between, you know, Giannis. Bledsoe had some great defensive plays down the stretch, quote-unquote, won us the game with those last couple of plays, stealing the ball away, keeping that lead. But, you know, I think that you got to look at those guys and say, you know, those guys kept it together. Those guys were never never gave up, really. They never felt like they were going to lose. They, they, they came back, and I think Giannis had a great quote about that game and saying that, you know, we don't want to be a good team. We want to be a great team and great teams, you know, fight back. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, there are some definite issues and some things that you can learn for, you know, learn from, excuse me, but shooting 47% from the three-pointer for the Nuggets. Uh, Paul Millsap is five for eight. I mean, that's tough. So, I mean, those were such bad, uh, such open threes, top of the key, like, Right there, right in front of the basket, the easiest three-pointer to make, and you just you just weren't switching correctly, and you were just leaving him wide open. I, I couldn't figure out why that wasn't being adjusted, and I feel like that's been the same play kind of run all year against us that's worked. Uh, it worked against us in Charlotte, in Boston. You saw it against the Trailblazers, just like pick-and-pop three-pointers where we're not, we're not pushing through the screens or we're not switching correctly, whatever it may be. In that particular game, it just seems to keep continuously keep working. So I'm hoping, and obviously they're doing what they need to do to keep this winning, keep these wins alive here. But you know, you hope you hope you're watching film on that. Um, but like I said, you know, looking at this game, Giannis 0 for 5 from three throws, free throws, excuse me. So that's not good. I think you gotta, you know, back to the drawing board with that. I know it's a point of emphasis for him. It has been past couple of years to get those kind of down pat and. Uh, more reliable, but you know that's that's a mental game. Just gotta work that out. Uh, uh, at least he didn't double clutch it like Markel Fultz did. We'll get to the Sixers here in a minute. Um, K mid eight for twelve, three for five from three point. He looked good. You know he looked he, he 
his like last mid-range jumper from the free throw line to give him give us that lead. It was silky smooth. I I, I audibly made it like a surprise, like just oh god, like that was awesome, like that was crazy. Like I was surprised that went in. It was such a high arc to it and just right through the hole. Man, that was it was just so nice to see that. Um, mid ranges obviously aren't as as big of a part of our offense as they had been with the kid, and you, I get a little nervous when I see them kind of start to take those, but. You know that was a good play, and and he and he just dropped it. He looked as confident as ever. Looked like there wasn't anything on the line, and and that's great. I'm glad that I got to. You kind of see that from our team already, not necessarily in like a playoff mindset, but like a like a we're gonna win this game and in a concentrated mindset. Not not oh it's the 13th game of the season. Who cares? You know we're we're looking at these games like we need to win them. Like we're trying to prove ourselves, and that's what we continuously did on this road trip. You know I think. We've beaten a lot of great teams and lost to a couple solid ones and then the Clippers, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to take any, anything away from them, but that was a game we should have won and we just played poorly. But 2-2 two and two on the road trip, again, like I said, what wh- I thought that would be fine. If you come out of this road trip 2-2, two and two, you're good. That's kind of what should happen. West Coast trips are hard, especially with a back-to-back going to Denver in there. Um, a lot of people were saying that the Denver game was a schedule loss basically just because of that. Um, obviously we proved them wrong, but you know, still lost LA. So I don't really know what that means, but what I do know is it only affected our record. Actually not at all technically because we were 500. So, you know, got two wins, got, took those two losses, but they were, uh, hard fought losses. So overall, you know, we look, uh, ahead here to this buck schedule play tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, the 14th against the Grizzlies. And, you know, that again should be easier the nice thing about the Bucks is we're going to have a nice little bit of an easy stretch here in our schedule. Uh, you know, we're Memphis, Chicago at uh, the Forum on Friday. Turn around to Monday uh, the 19th. We got Denver and Portland again. So, you know, those are a couple tougher ones. But, hey, we got a, what is this, five-game stretch at home. You know, your players are in their beds. They're with their, their families. They're, they're feeling a little bit more comfortable, and hopefully we can crank out some wins there. Then we got Phoenix, San Antonio. And then at Charlotte again, which will be a tough one. But, you know, looking ahead, it, it, it opens up a little bit more. You can really tell. Uh, and it'll be nice to kind of see us get some of those where those those games where you really should run away with it. Sort of like the Kings game where there's nothing really riding on it. Just get the win, get out, do what you're supposed to do. Um, and that's what I'll be looking for this Bucks team to do with those. So, like I said... Solid, solid road trip. Um, you know, let's let's take this this uh, lens here and widen it up a little bit to the NBA and the Eastern Conference with the big news since this last recording. Excuse me. Jimmy Butler traded to the Sixers for Robert Covington and Dario Saric. Interesting trade for both teams. I think um, Timberwolves got what they wanted. They traded him to an Eastern Conference team, kept him out of the West. Got actually two solid role players. You know, Robert Covington's kind of a guy you like. Um, he does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't do much more than that, and he, he's a solid defender. Dario Sarge, again, same thing. Good role player. You know, plays some solid minutes. And uh, so Sixers, I think, get a little less deep when they were already a little, you know, lean and a little thin on that bench. Uh so to me, that makes it a, a, a questionable trade from the Sixers' standpoint. Plus, Jimmy, 
hasn't seemed to be a great person from a locker room perspective on a lot of teams he's been with. Uh, he's he, you know he's a high volume shooter, needs the ball in his hands. So does Ben Simmons, kind of, because he doesn't play off ball because he physically can't. I don't think because he can't shoot anything. Uh, Markel Fultz double clutched a free throw last night and looks shaky as ever. And then you got Joel Embiid, who's another big ego, uh, high, you know, high-volume scorer on the team. So I, I don't know where you go with that. Maybe he makes them better. I think they obviously get a little bit better, but I don't know by how much. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that all gels together. I mean, I have so many questions that I don't even know how they're going to get answered. and uh, It's just going to be interesting. What's the first practice going to be like? Is everybody going to like each other? Is, or is Jimmy going to run in there with the third stringers and try to beat the starters again? Are Joel and him going to get into it? You know, Joel is not a Carl Anthony Towns. You know, Joel is an outspoken shit talker and isn't afraid of anybody, really. Guy who comes out and says he owns real estate in Andre Drummond's head and does all of this stuff. It's just going to be interesting. I, and I get why you went for him. Like, he's, a, he's, a, he's an all-star. Jimmy's a great player, you know, and he will make your team a little bit better, but I don't know how much, and I and, and potentially make it worse, basically based on his off-court antics. So we'll see what happens. I could be completely wrong. I I'm just a person talking into a microphone right now. So who knows with that? Um, otherwise, not a lot really going on in the NBA from a uh, big effect, uh, you know, from affecting the Bucks level. Uh, another angle got blown out. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad as we thought. And uh, that was tough to watch last night. But otherwise, yeah, like I said, just uh, Jacob's episode here, solo. As the Bucks end their road trip, come back home, face the Grizzlies tomorrow, Chicago on Friday. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Rather short episode, 25 minutes. Um, I'll end it up here. And with uh, letting you guys know, there's a, a Bucks Leading Radio website. So go to www.thebucksleadingradio.com check it out I got, uh, I'll got. i have all of our episodes of the podcast up there along with links to both Spotify and iTunes for y'all and uh, I'm also going to be posting blogs up there I'm going to try and go weekly blog posts kind of doing certain recaps or something I haven't totally figured that out yet but I want to get some more content out there for you guys um, and there's also a shop you know so there's a couple couple of things you can purchase there with uh, the logo on there working on getting some new logos um, and some new things out there uh, but I wanted to give you something a little taste of something if you guys felt like you wanted to uh, just supports me and helping helping create more stuff for you guys and doing this so also a little bit of advertising not gonna lie but anyway I do appreciate you everybody else who listens out here uh, otherwise it would literally be just me talking into a microphone with no listeners on the other end so uh, again, appreciate you guys all listening. I hope you guys had a great week since my last episode. Um, and as always, go Bucks. Cheers.